Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Surewinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Sherwinder. It's not every day someone invents something that changes the game. I found out about this product that I'm talking to you about, uh, and I had to try it. So I ordered a few, and after using it, I'm sold. Now we stock them on our trucks. It's called Allbrace. And it will help you sell more service and buy you time until doors come in. There's never been a greater time for a product like this. Phil has a video on his website of him cutting a door literally in half, installing the all brace, and running it like nothing ever happened. It is literally incredible. One of the greatest selling videos I've ever seen. You're going to want to check it out at all-brace.com. What's up, guys? Ryan here with Torch and Talk Podcast, and we're shaking it up a little bit today. Um, we have a guest in-house. Um, it's very unusual, so I had to get here at 6.30 this morning and clean out the podcast studio because it, it was acting as like a uh, storage slash podcast studio. So we're, we're, we're clean-ish. I'd say it's somewhat clean. And um, the guest that I have today has been on before. As a matter of fact, he was on with Rankin. No, I was I was solo. Were you solo? I thought you were on Rankin. I was here too. Were you here again? I was here. Dude, I'm gonna have to be careful. Next time the podcast studio is a mess, don't invite Paul to be on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I was in the early stages. Yeah. Yeah. At the other studio. Oh, was it the other one? Yeah, the closet. At the other location? Yeah. Wow. Dude, we've come a long way. You have. Yeah. yeah. Our equipment's much better. Our mics are better. The studio's better. I got cooler lights. See, you bring me on and look what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you blew up my <laughs> podcast, bro. Thank you. So, um, Hosdor. Yes. You are VP of sales. That's correct. Right. Um, and uh, we, you and I have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> we can be honest about it. I love you, but I hate you at the same time. It's okay though. Um, but it's all about jealousy because I can't get your product. Um, so, but they call me a door whore because I have no loyalty. So I understand why, you know, Haas is big on the loyalty portion of the, the business. You guys are very selective about who you bring on and, uh, you protect your dealers. So I respect that. Well, thank you. And that's not really, but. Well, it's, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll talk more on, on culture in general, but that's, you know, if I had our, um, you know, four key culture pieces that we have in our company, I'd slide this paper, piece of paper across to you and you'd see it. And, you know, it's all about, you know, integrity and, and well, it's first about people and yeah. relationships and, you know, stewardship and all those pieces together. And that's where, you know, it starts at the top. Yeah, and it, and it goes on down. So. Do you work out, bro? I I have five kids in their twenties. They beat up on me. So well, you look. I mean, how old are you? 
I'm 52. I'll be 53. Bro, sure. you look great. Well, thank you. For thank 52. You. I try, you know. That's good. You jog or run or uh, swim or what do you do? You know what? I, I play a lot of basketball. Do you? Yeah, I do. I, are you I, good at it or are you just the well, the there, last guy picked every time? If there's a basketball here, we'll find out. We'll I got a goal. Say, hey, then, then you're in trouble. All right. <laughs> it's at the loading dock, so we're only able to use it when we're caught up. Probably not caught up right now, but we can try. But uh, I try to stay active. When it comes to, I mean, health is number one. If we don't have health, we, we have nothing. Yeah. It doesn't matter how great you are. I think we all saw that when you you, know, you look at Steve Jobs and everything he went through. And yeah. you know, unbelievable life and, and business and money. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You need to have your health. And, you know, I'm lucky. I have a, a lot of family and, and my wife that's, you know, poking me and make sure that I, I stay in shape. And, yeah. You know, and it's, it's great when, I know you have younger kids, but. You know, when your kids are in the 20s, uh, my kids are from 22 to 27. You know, I got three grandkids, and uh, they keep you young when they attack you and jump you. Yeah, and they, yeah. All they want to do is beat you up. You know, it's, yep. it's awesome. So How is your wife? Doing great. Good. Doing are great. you public Thank about that conversation? Uh, you know, um, not too much. Okay. I mean, but I'll uh, leave she, it. she's she's doing great. She's healthy. From the last time we were here, uh, to let everyone know, we're, um, you know, we had a little, we had a little prayer, and yeah. uh, it, it actually worked out really well. So I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank bro, you. for sure. Life's so valuable, dude. Like, you know, your health and life in general is just so precious. I realized at a very early age because um, I grew up uh, uh, in Norcross and just experienced a lot of death, whether it had been, you know, from older people passing or friends dying or whatever. And, um, And so I've always had, like, a huge appreciation for life. But then... I almost died like four or five times. And then the you know, first couple of times you get a little cocky because you're thinking, oh, look at me. I'm invincible. You know, I can escape death or whatever. But um, then you're like, whoa, this is legit. Like somebody's looking after me because I literally should be dead right now. And then you go through this phase where it's like every morning when you put your feet in the floor, it's like, holy cow, I'm freaking alive. Like, thank you. And you just start having this like appreciation and gratefulness for life. And I think just because I've escaped death so many times, that's who I am. Like it's ingrained in me. And I think the further away I get from each time that I almost have died, it gets less and less a little bit. Like we, we naturally become like desensitized to it, but then wait till you get in this like dramatic car accident or someone close to you, like something happens and it triggers all that back. And then you're like, you're put your feet on the floor again. You're like, thank you. Oh, exactly. And that's what makes you, you know, I don't like the the phrase work life balance. Um, I I like the fact that you do what you love Yeah, and you don't worry about balance, you know, and you have to have your health, you have to have fun. And, Having those moments, a clarity that uh, we're all on this rock for a little bit of time. I just said I'm, I'm 52, going to be 53. I got more years behind me I got in front of me. I mean, I Maybe. Just, you don't know that. Well, with, you know, with staying in shape and advanced technology, you know, you never know. Rick, yeah. Ricky Bobby said, what, 120, 130? <laughs> yeah. you know, it's no problem. We can possibly make it. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, you don't know. But, uh, you know, I know I got both parents uh, that have passed at early ages. And, you know, we're, we're only as good as we can be so yeah um, I, I definitely worry about that a little bit but it makes you just sit back and appreciate what you have and, and make sure you're having fun and you do things right you know, it's, you know someone told me that 
there's, um, you know, you hear all these stories about what people ask of other people, like when they're on their deathbed, you know, and, um, you hear so many people say they regret not doing something right. Whether it's spending time with family or more time or, you know, prioritizing things that are important or whatever. But, um, but regret seems to be like something that really settles in when you're, you know, fading out. And so I try to live my life to where there's like, when I'm on my deathbed, they're going to be like, what would you have done different? And I'm going to be like, not a damn thing. Right. right. Like, that's right. and I try to live to the fullest, you know, and, and that's the parties, like, even though they're healthy, like they're not crazy parties, but I do parties like at IDA, you know, we're doing GDU um, summit in Dallas in December and I'm throwing a rooftop party and we're going to race cars. I'm going to get to drive a Lamborghini for the first time in my life. A Lamborghini, a Ferrari, and a GT3. All three of them. I mean, and like most of the guys that are going to be going with me, this is going to be the first time they've ever even gotten in one. That's right. And we're going to get to drive it around. I like making moments that define people. I mean, when's the last time you've been in a helicopter shooting a freaking saw gun off the side of a mountain? <laughs> Never. Have you? Um, were you in the you military? Know. No, I was not in the military. But have you done that? I have I have shot a gun at a helicopter. Damn, what's the chances, but, dude? I, know, I was trying I to know. use it as a freaking <laughs> Just roll with it, bro. I know. Yeah, I never, man. It's amazing. <laughs> no, but, but what you did was was awesome. And, and yeah. that is that is earth shaking, you know, for a first time in anything. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, I always want, I hopefully at my death, but I won't have any regrets either. But, I don't think you will. But I always want to push. Other it. than opening an account for Aaron overhead <laughs> doors, right. oh, that'll be the one thing, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna walk in that room. I'm gonna be like, Paul, bro, well, you could have done anything different. What would it have been? You, you better, better say the better, freaking right answer. You better hope you're you're still there. You're not before me. Oh. Uh, but I'd say I'm always pushing. I want to be a you know a better better husband, better, you know, better dad, better, better father. I mean, I don't yeah. think you can ever stop doing that. That's one of my worries, you know, and that was one of my, that worries. you're not good enough. Then I'm not, you know, that I'm not doing enough, more, you know, or enough. And, and, you know, life changes and, you know, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. I mean, and you always have to, you know, take a look at something else and you, you hope that your, your family's always happy and you want to make sure that you are setting the precedent for that, but also, that you're making it happen. Yeah. And you know, that, that never stops. Yeah. You know, your kids are younger and you know, when, when they're in the twenties, yeah, they tell you, Oh man, we had a great child. Cause they, they're not yeah, kids. They anymore. don't know any better. Either. They say they had a great child. They, they got, they got friends, you know, my, none of my kids have been to Disney, which they, you know, that, that's one of the things that kind of kick at you after a while. Why do we ever go? It's to never Disney? too but, late, bro. Take uh, them that's jokers. True. That's true. But the good thing is we, you know, we are, when the kids were younger, we said, Hey, you want to go to Disney? Is there a, is there an ocean there? Well, no, we're, we were a family of mm, surfing. You and guys are beach. Else. Yeah. yeah, we're crazy. And so it would never happen. But, you know, that's where in my early career, I, w I never, I always want to make sure I was there you know, with the kids and the family and, and be the best, you know, dad and, and uh, husband I could be. And so, you know, I, I didn't take opportunities when I was younger with the kids because, because of that, my focus was that, um, because that was the fun, you know, that, that was it. And I'm, I'm glad it did. I think, uh, yeah. So that's, I'm a workaholic. Like if you were to try to define it, I don't think I don't define myself as a workaholic, but if other people look at me, they're like, holy cow, you're a workaholic. But I don't think people understand how much downtime I actually have. 
Like, yes, I have three businesses. Yes, I do a lot, but I'm also at like almost every game, you know, um, I'm not, I'm, if I work on the weekends, it's in spurts. Um, I usually wake up like really early and I'll work before anybody gets up. Um, you know, like this, uh, the last two nights I've had to work late, but my son walks in and he's like, you know, uh, Hey dad, you know, can we throw the football? I'll either say, yeah, buddy, let's go. Or I'll be like, let me wrap this up. I'll be out there in five minutes. Um, and so I think that flexibility is good, but I think you can like balance is the wrong word, right? That's like right. we, we talk right. about that a lot on here because when you do the math and 24 hour work day, right, you're going to sleep, uh, six, seven hours, you know, you're going to work, um, eight hours at least. So six, 12, 14 hours, that gives you 10 hours left in the day. Um, you know, it, it doesn't balance out. Right. So the definition of balance is equal and there is no equal there. And so I remember talking to somebody even recently about, um, a study that was done that said that, um, if you have both parents in the home, but the husband or the father is gone working a lot, five to six days a week, gets home late. Does that have an impact on the children in a negative manner? And as a matter of fact, they found that it has a more powerful impact on the kids than a dad that was home majority of the time. I think that's because I, I believe God intended us to be the provider, the hunters, right? We're the hunters. We're the hunters. We're not intended to sit on the couch and watch football five, six days a week, right? Once or twice a week. Okay. Seven days a week. Probably not. Right. Like, and if our kids are watching us do that, playing video games all day, I think they just get this impression, right? So if they see dad hustling all the time, working, I think that instills good things into them as children and young adults. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, my kids hopefully saw that. When, you know, I'm an early riser. I like to get up early and get stuff done. And, you know, I'm in my office way earlier than I should be, but I, I like to do that. Um, and you hope that. What time do you get up? Uh, I'm a 5.30 in the morning guy that uh, I get up. I don't like to, I don't drink coffee. I grab my, my water and my iced tea and I'm, I'm, I'm going. That's it. So uh, good to know because now I know I can text you. Absolutely. Early. <laughs> I, I, said I, I like getting a lot of stuff done early. I started going to the gym at 5. Um, so I do Orange Theory. Oh. It's like me and a bunch of chicks, dude. But if I don't pick up my pace, then I feel like, demasculated is that a word emasculated emasculated so i'm doing all these chick workouts my ass looks great by the way like it <laughs> looks so good i i don't think I've, my butt's ever looked this good before um is that why you were you're in shorts that's why i'm wearing a lot of shorts okay. tights yeah dude but uh orange theory is great i go to the five o'clock classes in the mornings um so i'm getting up at like 4 30 and that's been it's, I'm just not going to lie. It sucks. But I, it's helping me. You know, I was at 256 pounds. I'm 6'1", bro. That's beefy. That's beefy. <laughs> I, I'm a big boy, right? And so uh, I'm down to 243 now, and I've been doing Orange Theory um, semi-consistently uh, because I'm traveling and stuff yeah. like that uh, for like two months. 
and it's made it to me. I think it's made a huge difference. Activities is fantastic. I mean, yeah. the fact you're doing it, kudos to you for doing that. There's so many, you know, people, especially business owners. I mean, if they would have told me my butt looked like this in just two months, I would have joined a long time ago. Well, that's that should be their motto. <laughs> Check out your butt in two months, then call for real. Us. Yeah, but that's all thing. We, you know, we all have uh, jobs, and I, I give credit to you know all the business owners, the door dealers out there that are. You know, they're hustling it. And as long as you're, you got activity, I feel like if you, you know, take advantage of that, I, you know, my kids laugh at me because I like to, I mow lawns. I, I mow my lawn, I'll mow uh, their lawn, I'll, I'll mow my kids' lawn. I, you know, I'll do whatever and then stay active. And that's part of a work. You own a riding lawnmower or you do a push? All the above. Yeah, I have some you know, stuff that you I You take it serious. Oh, yeah. You got like all the best gear. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> It's gonna you're be, that guy. Oh, it's edge. My you're the guy me. that pisses me oh, off. Oh, yeah. I Listen, I lived next to a guy. I hope he listens to this. I know, seriously doubt he will. But I lived next to a guy. Uh, we just sold our house. But the guy next door was such an ass, bro. He had this real mower, and he decided one day he was going to start taking his lawn serious. Bro, he made my lawn look like crap. I didn't even do anything to it. <laughs> like, it looked like a putting green. And then here's my lawn right next door, right? I'm not going to freaking mow this thing with a real mower. I'm not going to spend hours every week on it. Like, screw that, dude. I pay somebody. They do it. Done. But, um, you know, that's that's therapy for a lot of people. Yeah, that's that's my, my zen. You know, I, yeah. get, I get in the zone, whether I'm, I'm walking behind the push mower or the weed whacker or sitting on a zero turn, that's that's okay. I'm all right with that. And I do it at crazy times and because I'm – I'm like you. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm over the place. Uh, you know, working a lot, and you know, yeah, that's that's the time I enjoy. Plus, you know, got a, got a dog and grandkids and everything else, so they're all outside. Yeah, makes it a family time. You know. How are you guys structured? So you're you're head of sales, right? Yes. You have sales reps in regions, or yes, we do. You we do have uh, nine different sales territory sales managers. Okay, and then we also have some inside regional sales managers. And then there's the inside sales team itself. I oversee the territory team and the regional team. You really can't call them a sales team, though, right? Like, I mean, because it's not like you guys are onboarding new dealers. It's more like account managers. Yeah, I'd say to a degree. It's, I like to even say it. It's more like uh, a whole team of consultants. I mean, okay. our, our our relationships are really good. And yeah. um, we have some some high-end conversations about uh, what is it you want to do? What What is there, the growth? Is it not just a increase in sales or do you want another location? If you want another location, who knows that territory better than your territory guy? Yeah, that's you good. Know? And having those relationships and have, being able to have those conversations um, and see what is your business plan. No one can see what, what is the future going to be next year. I mean, we've all realized the crystal ball is broken. Right. But what you can do is see what your growth is and what do you want to do. You know, we do are you, starting to get back into some of the same trends. Yes. Where we missed it was we had normally, like, the summer, I think, is the same as pre-COVID. And kind of going into the fall feels very similar, too. But the spring was a huge letdown. Um, we didn't see the big, huge like spring shopping spree for garage doors that we normally see. And I'm hearing that from a lot of different dealers across the country. And so when you get into that July, August, which historically I know for a lot of dealers in the South, I don't know how it is for the North, but um, July through mid August, 
it's sales are typically down. It's a little bit slower. People are trying to get the final vacation in. They're spending money on school supplies and shopping and, you know, they're trying to get their kids registered for school or, you know, do the open house stuff and get them in their classes, get their kids off to college. All this stuff is going on. So garage doors seem to take a back seat during that period of time. And then things just kind of boom a little bit the second half of August. And then September is usually pretty good as well. Um, and so we're, we're kind of starting to see from, from late spring, early summer to now, we're starting to see some of that trend back in place again from where we saw it, you know, three years ago. Are you seeing that same thing or is it slightly different nationally? It's slightly different. I'd say that, um, majority of the, the accounts that, you know, I, I've spoken to and, and we have, we, I'd say the spring was good. You know, we are seeing that cycle come back like it used to be in the 70s and 80s. Um, you know, me growing up as a kid as a door dealer, you know, you knew every summer I'm painting a house or I'm doing a deck or we're doing something because yeah. we had the time. Um, it was slower during the summer. And you're yeah. up north. You were in Ohio. Uh, Jersey. Jersey. Yep. And that was the cycle, you know, and then it would take off, you know, from there. So uh, this year we did see, you're right, we did see some vacations being taken that before and after July 4th. And why not? I mean, yeah. if everyone's doing, you know, a little better and uh, that's that's not a bad time to take some time off with the family. And same thing right before uh, school went in, uh, we saw a little bit, but not enough to make a, a, a big blip. Um, it's been pretty consistent. I don't think we're ever going to go back to the time in the 70s and 80s where it was like really slow during the summer. Yeah. You know, it used to be where spring was hard and hot and heavy uh, with volume and the winter, the fall was hot and heavy. And those two areas covered the entire year yeah. with volume. Uh, I don't think we'd ever go back to that because those cycles just don't exist. Yeah. Uh, you know, consumer confidence is still strong. Consumer confidence is strong, and that's what that's what pushes a cycle. Um, it, it's a different buying habit, and also, you know, there's still there's a there's a lot of money uh, in making that change to the garage door for, for return on investment and all that. Yeah. So it's not it's looked at differently, um, and it's a good thing. It's yeah. a real good thing. I, I'm a big fan. Like I've been trying to transition my company from, like I. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I don't want to be a garage door company. I want to be like, I, and obviously you're going to tell from this because it's a horrible tagline, but I want to fill people's holes, you know, like not just, not just the garage door, right? Well, you're going orange theory. So you know, you're looking good. <laughs> Come on. Now. No, but like, you know, we're getting into gastrot windows. We're getting into horizontal bifolds. You know, we're doing the screens. So it's more than garage doors. But how, like, I don't want to detach from garage doors, but I want to get more into that too. And so we're, we're in a little bit of a identity crisis. Like, because if you want a gastrot window, where would you go? You would probably go to a window company, right? Um, if you want a bifold door, where would you go? You'd probably go to a door company, not like a garage door company, but more like an entry door company. So we're like, okay, who are we, right? Like if we're if we're doing these things and we've got, we now we're offering like uh, garage cabinets, right? So we're offering all these things. So we technically aren't really a garage door company anymore. We fill holes, but that's not sexy. And so I'm trying to put my little marketing spin on it and figure out how do I, how do I tell people we fill holes 
without saying we fill holes, right? Yeah. Uh, because, like you said, right, people are going to immediately go to the. No, yeah. and that's where I think you're. What you're seeing, what you want to do, is it's a common cycle. I mean, we have a labor crunch, so you don't have. Not every company can do just bifold doors, right? Um, you know, back in the day when they first came out, it was a specialty. You probably could. Um, you know, same thing when my brothers and I were were door dealers, uh, we branched into everything. We said no to nothing yeah. because it was hard. You know, coming out of the '80s, it was. Uh, had time to try to find employment. So what happened is all of a sudden you couldn't find the guy to do just those bifold doors. Right. So you got involved with it. And luckily we had a, you know, a name just dumb enough to remember that um, it, it fit the bill to do anything with an opening with a door. And we started doing, you know, bifold, anything to do with an opening, gates, you name it. And, you know, I think that's this, we're at that same cycle because it's hard to get labor. So, yeah. When someone says, hey, I want to do this, they can't find someone to do it. Yeah. So now you're that answer. So I, I can see where that's coming back around where, yeah, it might just be air indoors, not yeah. air and overhead doors. Um, or, you Dude, know, or pays just, to be so happy. So happy. Mic drop. All right, end the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so uh, tell me a little bit about Haas. How are things going for you guys? Are things going back to normal? Are you guys getting back into routine pre-COVID? Or have you guys taken COVID and been like, hey, we actually were able to improve and make these process changes and we're a different company now? I think everyone's a little different. Um, you know, we we know that the supply chain process uh, was broken and it is broken. I mean, going forward, it will not ever be the same, yeah. period, the end. People now realize the liability that they did have when they were one of your suppliers. Yeah. So they've made a change. So now you can't even get it the way you used to get it. Right. So that is 100% new and but different. But you guys were ahead of the game with that already anyway, in my opinion. You guys had the QR codes. To a degree, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, but being we were, able to track doors, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, that nobody else was doing that, right? I mean, we they had, well, you had, Clopay would do the little uh, SID or whatever number. Um but, I mean, you go to a lot of these companies and it's not even close to the same. True, but, it, you know, we all have the same, when it comes down to it, you, you need to have your raw materials to, yeah. to make anything. Right. And, that, and that process is what broke. And so we're, we're handling things totally different. You know, we're, we're now buying different. We're producing a little different. The end result is the same, to your point. You know, that, that there, we're trying to make sure we are consistent. Do you guys buy exclusively from one steel manufacturer? No, you, you can't. It's impossible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but we do have, you know, we have a, pri- we, we have a prime, we have a primary and a secondary, you know, that's, that's, you know, like everybody else. We need a secondary in the Atlanta market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need sound effects, pancake sound effects i need to pro i can program them on these there you go get a hot button i need to, i need to program these hot buttons yep. but that's where the biggest change for us um you know that we're we're seeing from our customers is is the labor i mean that that is the biggest problem everyone's having it's it's getting the labor you know we can we can all produce uh you know a ton of doors but if they can't get installed we're we're all in trouble yeah and it's it's nothing new um what I 
and one of the things I was happy to talk about here is in my travels, I have seen some door dealers that they are doing great and they have young and old installers. Mm-hmm. And when they want new people, there's a line. And that's the one she's back about how are you doing it? Yeah. What's going on? And, you know, we touched a little bit about talking about culture. It is, it is that, you know, the having the culture and it's, it's not just hanging things on the wall. And, you know, we, we went through our process at Hostor for, you know, 18 months to go through and see, Hey, what, you know, what are the things we know there's a good culture here now? What's, what are the key points to it? And it took a while to, to figure that out and, yeah. and get that coming from our employees and say, Hey, what's going on? You know, what, what do we think it is that uh, makes our culture and, and put, put that some defining statements on it. And that is where, you know, in my travels, when I see a, a dealership that has a mix of young and old installers, and, you know, we're talking in, you know, whether it be six of them, 12 of them, or 20 of them, and they're all doing well, and they're gaining ground, and they're hiring new people. And you're like, how are you hiring people? It's never one thing. Right. It's never, oh, we just do this, and they come. Yeah. Absolutely not. And that's the hard part. Because now you got to say, okay, well, I got to have a plan now. And, but on the ones that are successful, there's three things that always come to my mind. Is they are mining in multiple areas, and, and three of which that really come to play. One is they're, they're spending time at their Votex school and their high schools in their region. Hmm. And they're, they're up there, and they're talking to them. And they're talking to them, not just the owner. They're, ta- they're having someone from the company go there saying, hey, yeah. you, there's a career here. You know, I can drive a nice car. I have a 401k, yeah. you know, talking numbers and information that kids would resonate with yeah. because not everyone's going to college and the cost of college was escalating, you know, and granted you may or may not get some money back, um, you know, from hmm. this, this I can group. answer that question. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the cost is not coming down. No, it's going up. Exactly. And there are, you know, a lot of kids that, you know, try college don't, don't, I mean, Half of my kids didn't finish college. I'm encouraging my kids to start on steroids about 14 years old, <laughs> and then we're going to work them through a scholarship program. So you can try hard; it's <laughs> it's tough, um, but it's you know it's one of those things where th- they they spent the time you know with the schools, Votech schools, and, and put it out there. They they take the time and they do stuff in you know their their surrounding neighborhood and get a name for themselves. Now, you know, the culture part's a given, so I don't even count that as one of the things. But the other thing they do is, man, they, they tell a good story. And what I mean by that is when you have an install or you have a service, anything you do and you're in a consumer's place of business or home is they talk about the company. I want you to spend a minute or two and tell them about the company. And usually it's when they start, you know, when they first get there. And that's actually what I'm talking about at, at the uh, the WASA seminar i know you're gonna be there yeah i got keynote bro i know i know boom yeah i'll be just doing seminars dude i am prepared i'm like 80 percent prepared i've been working on this keynote speech and it is i gotta say dude i'm pretty excited about it it it's it shares personal vulnerable like stories that tie in everything to do with culture and um Hopefully I do a good job of like landing it. But if I do, I think this is going to be one of the greatest speeches I've ever heard in my life. Like I believe that and I'm going to do my best to make <laughs> yeah, it that way. That's how you should feel going to it. Yeah. That's when you know it's going to be good. I just got to land it, bro. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm pumped. Well, as a past keynote speaker, many different things. Uh, don't start off with a joke. No. Yeah, it's 
Good. I'm going right into my story, yeah, bro. That's it. That's I've been it. uh so I've been following Jesse Etzler. I don't know if you know him. Dude, freaking amazing, dude. Check him out. He's uh he's part owners in the Atlanta Hawks, but his story is incredible. He actually um he started, I think it's called Zika Water. It's a uh, coconut water, sold it to um uh Coca-Cola and then started a um like a private jet charter company called like Majestic Air or something like that. Sold it to uh, Warren Buffett. Like he's, dude, this guy has hustled his way to the top, right? And uh, now he's like probably one of the most powerful public speakers I've ever heard in my life. And I've seen him twice over the last like five or six months. Uh, He was in Costa Rica with me um, at the conference that I was at. But he was also at a local conference here in Atlanta. And I go to a lot of stuff like that because I'm always trying to learn. But I'm constantly, like, paying attention to, like, how they're speaking. What are they saying? Like, how are they delivering it? Like, and so I'm st- I'm a study, dude. Like, I'm just sitting here studying every move he makes, every word he says, how he says it, inflection, where, how's he standing, how's he walking, like, everything. Consistency in everything, including price. Reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer is not some startup company, not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two, Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion... If you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. I'm going to tell you guys a marketing secret. You want to gain more social media likes, shares, and follows? People love unique and cool projects. There are no better photos to share than the ones on Schweiss Doors social accounts. These guys post some incredible things. Make sure to go there and like and share their Facebook and Instagram post with your business account. So if you like their business account, you can share their uh, their post. The bifold doors are awesome, and they're doing some great projects that will go viral on social media if you share them. Go right now to Schweiss Door on Facebook and check out some of the projects they share and like their page. Oh, and don't forget, no one builds a better bifold than Schweiss. Uh, Eric Thomas has a program and Pete, uh, Pete Vargas has a program 
And um, I've spent enough time around them recently and their their little teams to kind of like pull out of it like how to how to create a keynote. And um, and so uh, I, I, I think I know. Well, that's 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 fantastic. And yeah, those opportunities are the ones you want to, you know, you want to take advantage of. Yeah. But imagine having that same drive and ambition and making sure that every single person that wears your company on their shoulder or on their chest, on their back, when they walk in somewhere, whether it's a service call or install, they take the first two minutes and do that introduction. It, it is unbelievable. If you can take a little bit of time and get everyone on board as part of your culture, that you're going to tell the story of, because I say it's easy. It's not, I get it. Um, you know, I always think about the Haas story. You know, the Haas stories, you know, as a dealer that bought a manufacturer. You know, here's this dealer that's out there, has an opportunity, buys a manufacturer. and I didn't puts, even know that. Oh, yeah, and puts manufacturing on its ear and says, you know what, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it right. And when you look at our struts, why are our struts, you know, the s- style they are, the size they are, and pre-drilled for every type of door you get, it's all, all pre-drilled. Can we make that a heck of a lot faster, 10 times faster without hitting all the holes on it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's what everyone does. Yeah. And if you've installed struts on a wind load door, man, your shoulders hurt after you hump that lag through the strut and into the backer plate without stripping it. Yeah. Do that all day? Yeah, you feel it. So we do it different. We do it at, for an installer because that's, you know, Haas is a door dealer that bought a manufacturer. Yeah. Bro, I mean, I've not talked to a Haas dealer who's been like, bro, they suck. <laughs> not one. Not one. And that's hard, bro. And like, and shame shame on me or anyone else that you didn't know that story because what everyone should know when they hire your company, you know, when you're a door dealer and then you get hired to do a service well, I or install. I able to hire you, so. But – what you should have is everyone know the story. What is your story? And that elevator, you know, speech that you can yeah. you know, put into everyone's head that everyone could talk about as soon as they get in, because that is your open. That's your, that's you're the key. They are the keynote for your company. Yeah. And if they can do that again, the successful companies that have all the labor, man, they come out and say, and you know what, if you know anybody that wants a job, Man, we we have a great company, make great money. Look, we got a you know all the benefits, four hundred one k, do all yep. that. You know how many end users that you touch that they probably have a son or a grandson or a granddaughter or, or daughter that they want to kick out of the house that's not working, you know, or wants to have a better job. I mean, that's I give a lot of these dealers credit. They are mining in a bunch of different spots, and it's fantastic. And they're the ones that are that are getting the new people. Yeah, they're the ones that are continuing it because we're all going to grow. Because we're all driven. Yeah. But, you know, you want to grow harder, you want to grow, right. you know, on an e- easier path that you can make for yourself. Yeah. And uh, that's why I'm all about, you know, telling telling the story of the company when you get it every chance you can, even at the technician's level. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to be speaking the same thing because that's exactly what culture is. Yeah. Culture is everyone's acting the same way. Yeah. And if you get everyone speaking the same way, man, that's powerful. Yeah. That is powerful. Again, I, I've seen it. I've seen it work. Yeah, you know? and that's uh, you know. I'm trying challenge. to hold back here because I want <laughs> I want to talk about some of the topics that I've been speaking on, but I'm literally dropping these nuggets in like three weeks, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back. Well, you hold back as you need to. No, yeah. wor- no worries. Like I said, we'll both be out there. Yeah, so we can. You know, afterwards, I can I, I can give you, you know, 
my, my feedback if uh, hell yeah bro nuggets were good 100 percent, dude <laughs> i mean it's gonna be the first time i deliver it i'm i'm practicing it in my office almost every day like i'm trying i really um well let me in the past i have um had a hard time remembering things um on stage or in front of a camera, right? Because um, I'm I'm trying to remember and say, like I'm trying to remember what I say next while I'm talking. And so um, I think I found a way to fix that, and I, I'm working on all the different things that I sh- that I have in the past had a hard time with. Um, and part of that is not confessing that I struggle with it, right? Because I constantly was saying, oh, yeah. oh I struggle with this, I struggle with this, I struggle with this, and. I'm I'm such a believer in the power of your words that you know if you say that yes you will struggle. Um, if you say you're broke all the time, then it's going to be very hard for Put you. Put it not in the to universe. It's in the universe. Yeah. That's it. yeah. So I'm just a big believer in it, and I'm such a big dreamer and big picture guy that um, I've gone out and done speaking engagements where I'll speak and people will be like, "What the heck is he talking about?" because I am such a big picture guy. And so people are like, bro, you got to bring it down for us <laughs> a little bit. Like, and so, um, so I think I've accomplished taking all the feedback from every time I've spoken and, and bunched it into this like power punched 30 minute, 40 minute speech that um, I think is going to be really good. So yeah, I would love your feedback afterwards. Well, and I'll tell, uh, cause I've, I've done, Give me like 24 hours afterwards because yeah, yeah, I'll let you go, I'm sensitive yeah. a little. And I'll, I'm my biggest critic. So I'm going to be like, damn, I missed this, this, and this. And so afterwards, uh, <laughs> no, I'll be open for, I'll be open for no, criticism. No, no worries. But that's where every, you know, every door dealer, every, you know, owner and, and manager and, and person of, uh, you know, management, any, any level with any of our, our door dealers out there. Um, yeah. We all got to learn how to speak. We all need to know how to talk to a group and, Especially if you want to you know, talk about get in front of a bunch of school kids and talk about you know your company and why it's good, you know, I would always recommend. That's the toughest crowd. Oh, it is. I used to speak to our youth group, bro. You get up there and you're killing it, and you know you're killing it, and they're like, <laughs> and you're like, what is this kid laughing about? Like, not even part. He's not even paying attention, and like everybody's like on their phones and chatting and you're like, dude, I just killed this. Killed it. Not one person paying attention. Kids I, are hard, bro. They are. And I've done, I've done a lot of, with kids. I've done a sales and marketing thing. Like what is sales and marketing yeah. to, to, from middle age kid, uh, middle school to high school. I'll, I'll share it with you later. It's, it's, it's pretty good. And you know, I'm not in that, you know, field and market as much anymore. So I, I'll, I'll share that with you. But, I'd say one of the, the key things is the, the way I stayed on track with everything is the slide. And I say, yes. I don't say slides. Uh, I say slide because what I like to do is put up an image. Me too. An I image, hate words on slides, bro. And that image is going to tell me that image. Exactly. Helps me tell the story. The so story. What, so as I look around that hundred percent, I have all the points. Of what I want. This to is about. exactly and what I'm doing. And that's what you got to do. So yeah. all the, the major points and the points that I have trouble that I need to make, I'm going to make a slide for them. Um, and so they're going to be very image driven, maybe one word on the image or something, but it's going to be all images. I'd, I'd even, 
knowing that you got this going on, I, I'd actually task you and say, you know what? Make it an image, a picture of something, a person, and have on that person's shirt something, and have something on that wrist, and have some. Believe me, this is this is what I do. I, yeah. I put up one image, one image only, and mm. try to put everything I'm talking about on that image, and whether it be a hat, whether it be a pair of boots, whether it be a wrench in the picture, whether it be whatever it is, and those are the points. I'm, but it's all for one image. It's yeah. hard. To, I mean, it's not easy because a lot of times you got multiple things to talk about. Right. So I understand you get sometimes you get multiple images, but that's a little little trick I've always tried to do. Yeah. It's this good way, feedback, it keep, bro. It keeps you on track. Yeah. Hundred percent, dude. So you didn't you ever forget. And listen, I'm a squirrel, bro. Uh, we all are, especially on stage. I mean, if I think a nut fell, I'm chasing it, and then I realize <laughs> it was a pine cone, and I'm like, oh well. I mean, I'm just, I'm freaking, I'm all over the place. I literally have a virtual assistant just to keep me on task. I'll call her sometimes and be like, Tamara, you got to babysit. She's like, okay. And we'll just get on Zoom. And I'll be like, okay. She's like, what do you need to knock out? I'm like, I need to finish this Forbes article, like, which is what I'm about to do as soon as this is over. And she's going to be like, okay. And we literally just sit on there. And like, if I start playing with my phone, she's like, get off your phone. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I'll start working on it. Literally, dude. I'm like a kid, bro. I'm a kid. Just a kid. So that's, that's how we all should be. Yeah. Because in in the end, like I said, we're, you know, we just talked about before. We've got so much time on this rock. We better have fun doing it. Yeah. And enjoy it and see what we can do. So is Haas accepting new dealers? You know what? We uh we have not. Um what we did do is we opened up there's a lot of our customers that, you know, have bought another company or mm. uh, somebody who has another company they've had and we haven't sold to them. Like increase allocation it, or. Yeah. So what we started to do is look at, okay, hey, in some of the markets, you know, where do we need to like stuff that we stop doing in the middle of because of COVID yeah. that we need to pick back up on. So yeah. unfortunately we had some accounts that had another location and like, oh, in, in, in six months, there'll be a new location. And COVID hit, and I locked it down. And they could damn you didn't even let them open up their new no, location with your no. doors. No, we and we you're hard, bro. Well, well we, you we need were a hug. <laughs> well, we, we did work on sensitivity yeah. training. <laughs> well, we did it actually. I mean, you think about it. We did it for our customers. We wanted to make sure that we had product for our existing customers. Yeah. Uh, some reason uh, we shut down international. I said, you know what, we got it. We got to do this. Um, we love our international customers. We love them. But you know what, they got another source somewhere and yeah. we have we have to look at helping the ones we have you know in north america and we had to shut it down yeah and we did that purposely because we want to make sure that all the product we did get went 100 percent to our customers in north america so no new no new stuff no nothing to make sure that everything we had went to those customers and we have their back i mean just like we say all the time like hey you know when when it comes down to it and when you want to grow or do something, we're here to help you and, and talk to you through it and, and be the consultant, whichever way we can. And we have your back. And to your point earlier about, hey, you know, we're not like other companies uh, in the world where we just open up anybody anywhere right. because we have our customers back. We have a relationship right. there. There's a, there's a trust level. And we stand behind that. So to stand behind them was to shut it all down. Right. So now that we've gotten a little bit better, um, we started to trick, trickle in and, and pull some stuff back that we were in the middle of doing, Yeah, you know, 18 months ago that we just slammed the door on, right. which is the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you sh it's hard to have another location when someone says, oh, you can't, you 
can't have the Haas product there because we just yeah. we're not opening anybody. It makes no sense when they're just taking it from one location and put it into their other. We right. get it. So we did lift uh, on that, and we'll see how it goes. Right now, you know, we're getting better on our lead times, and we're you know we have competitive pricing and competitive lead time. We want to keep that going. Yeah. So the last thing we want to do is flood ourselves with a whole bunch of new accounts because that'll just take everything away. All the right. all the gains will be lost. So it's going to be a walking a fine line and seeing what what is added and what are the net effects of that. Yeah. Because we know that our, our existing customers have all grown. So our growth is their growth. Yeah. We've got to be on hand for them. we got, we got to have their back. You know what I think your next move should be? What's that? Consumer education. You know, uh, Amar and Clope do a really good job, and Wayne Dalton kind of, of getting in front of consumers. Um, I know you guys are smaller, right? Of course. Um, but it makes it a lot easier when you go compete. Not that I want you to be successful in my market because I can't sell a product, (laughs) but, um, but when you're, you know, these door companies like CHI is the perfect example, right? Like I remember when I would go sell CHI and I'm competing against Clopay and Amar, people are unfamiliar with this brand. So I've got to educate them, you know, and then they go online and there's not as much information online about them. Um, and, but they see Clopay being offered by, you know, Home Depot and they put together that Pella's Amar and, um, there's lots of reviews and information online about them. So, um, I think like me personally, I think the whole garage door industry as a whole, um, like from IDA to the manufacturers could really help bring more awareness uh, to their brands and the industry as a whole, as far as employment, like uh, coming to the door industry from IDA, like uh, that should be a campaign that they run year round. Um, And then door companies just, you know, starting to bridge that gap between customers and and the brand uh, to where it becomes a brand that people are asking for instead of, you know, just hoping the dealer gets in front of the customer. I, I see that point. I really do. Um, and I, I, I applaud all the companies and the time and effort it takes to market um, to do a grassroots pull through. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, uh, it's an on taking and it's, uh, it's, it's driven for the benefit of the end consumer. Um, but one thing I think we, we take a little bit different look at and how we look at things and if, uh, you know, if our president, Jeff Nofsinger, was here, he, he'd say it himself. And, and it's it's kind of, it's the whole whole culture is we're here for our customer. Um, because we know and we believe the end user is buying from you. Yeah, you, You're winning the bid. I mean, you and I talked the other day and you're like, well, hey, I got the relationship, yeah. you know, and I'm going to win it. And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. And you got the relationship, you should. Um, you know, when I was a door dealer, we didn't ever once have the brand name of the material we were selling um, as the forefront. People came in and said, hey, um, I want to know about you guys and, you know, can you guys install a door and operate? And, oh, yeah, and we and you tell them what we had and everything, and they, they bought from us. Uh, you literally can sell as a door dealer and have it 100% purchased through the movement only of yourself and your company. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter what, whatever product that you are rebranded as Aaron overhead door door. Uh, absolutely. But that's that door door. Yeah. The, 
the win though, the win was from the door dealer to the end consumer, that connection. Yeah. They connected. It didn't matter whatever the product was, they won on on the person. And we truly believe that and we stand behind that. So we're gonna do everything we can to put all of our efforts behind the dealer. Um, I think that's probably true some of the time, but consumers have become more intelligent and spend more time doing research too, right? Like, um, you know, the inter- I remember when the internet became, like Google search became a thing. I started in the car business a year later and customers were coming in talking about, well, I know what your invoice is. And I'm like, damn, okay, what does that mean? You want to buy it for that? Like, and so, you know, you had that whole experience and it's very similar in the garage door industry. It's amazing how like the correlation between auto and, and garage doors, there's a lot of similarities, even with manufacturers and dealers, there's like, you have this dynamic. It's really weird, but uh, most of the time the cars didn't come in damaged. So it was more other stuff, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, like, um, you know, in, in the manufacturer world, in the, in the car industry, they spend a lot of time trying to help build their brand to the consumer because that ultimately helps the dealer, right? Because the dealer's your end customer, but the more assistance you can provide, which you guys probably do co-op anyway, right? No. Oh, you don't? No, and that's why we do a little different. We don't have any co-op. Okay. And, yeah, we'll help out to any one of our our dealers with a program they want to do or something and see how we can work with that. Oh, so it's like a one-off. But it's you definitely, it's definitely a one-off and it's yeah. what are you looking to do and how can we help? But the, the big thing is because there's no co-op, you know, we, we do have a great website and a configurator that, you uh, you know, it's fantastic. So all we really need is to have the dealer get, you know, if there's a question, get the you know, consumer, whoever it is, uh, residential, commercial, whatever, get, get to that area, see the product, so having those links and having that availability, absolutely. You know, we're always trying to make our configurator better. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, by the time we hit uh, 2023, I think everyone's going to really like what we have coming out in the future. So. Oh, what, what is this? Is this some, is this a. Nothing. Teaser? There's nothing. Did you just drop a <laughs> teaser on my podcast 15 minutes in, bro? We don't even have time to discuss it. Are you freaking kidding me right now? All right. You got to tell me when to turn the mics off. But the uh, I'll sign an NDA. <laughs> but the the whole plan and our, and our you know culture saying is it's the success of the independent door dealer and that's where we want to put our money and our effort. Yeah. And we don't want to have to you know look at anything else. Um, we want to take the you know the lead. And again, if if majority of all of our uh, customers all came to us and said, oh, hey, we need to do this, you know, we, we also listen too. So we're you know if there was a program or something they wanted to do, we'll take a look at it. Um, it's just that grassroots pull through, um, you know, I, again, I, I not saying that it's lost, but man, you know, door dealers, you know, they, they make the win. Yeah. You know, they really do. And, and, and again, I, I, I put on my old boots when I was a door dealer and yeah, we were kind of the same way. We, we sold the job and the end user and you're right. People are smarter today, but that's also why you'll never see Haas in a big box store. We don't play there. We don't yeah. play in the national. It's not your game. We don't, we don't want it again. I get calls all the time. Let me tell you, um, I got every national builder hits me up. Um, all their campaign pro- programs, everything else that comes across. We don't do it either. We, we don't do it. We don't want to play in that game. Uh, what I do love is when they come to us and they say, well, how do we find out? You know, cause we have nobody in this area. You got to help us out. And I go, it's real easy. Ryan will open up there. No, I'm just kidding. I go, no, like when, you know, name any big name you want. Pulte of naming. I go, it's real simple. Go to our website, 
It's a find a dealer tab. Click on it. Put in the zip code you need. You'll find a host dealer in that area. That's that's how we handle national home builders. And it's not no disrespect. To no, them. yeah, it's I mean that, it's good. That's how we do it. And yeah. and actually, in some places, it, it worked. We had a we had a great bunch in in Illinois that uh, our dealers won the war. They're like, hey, yeah, here's the price. Here's my lead time. Take it or leave it. And it worked out. What are your lead times right now? You know what? They're getting better. I'd say we're somewhere between on most stuff um, between four and six weeks. And on, on the good. specialty stuff, it's still out there. I mean, anything yeah. specialty is crazy. I but, loved it um, during COVID because almost everything we install is special order. So it made everything special order. So there was no like real advantage to buying the cheap stuff from a competitor when they could just that's right. wait a similar time and get the, get what we were getting. So it leveled the playing field for us a little bit. And I'll ask you, I mean, what, what do you think is a, for the time that you order to the time you get it to give you time to schedule? What's a sweet spot for you? I mean, I would like, to receive the product between three to five weeks. Um, that would be ideal because, you know, from from a consumer standpoint, you know, you're doing all this research, you make a decision, you're excited, you understand there's a little bit of a wait, which makes it even probably a little bit more exciting. But once you get past that, like, fourth and fifth week, that excitement starts to shift, right? And then it becomes, like, a little bit of nervous energy, and then you're like, okay, the anticipation starting to grow frustrating, uh, six to eight weeks. And it's like, so, you, you know, door dealers across the country had to pacify customers, more staff, more communication, more processes, more systems, more software. We had to invest a lot into the infrastructure of our businesses uh, while also taking on extreme increases. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, I think, and what's very odd is, you know, you're having steel prices drop and we're not hearing anything from the manufacturers about prices going down, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so here we are, right. We're facing, you know, we're facing these customers trying to, you know, pacify them and keep them, keep them engaged and keep them interested. And, you know, you're going to lose one or two. And there's always that guy in your market that's over promising and, and, you know, just to get the customer and then, oh, well, there was a delay. and But they already got the deposit. They already got the door sale. And there's a lot of dirtiness like that going on here. But, I mean, it just is what it is, right? Like, well, and that will go to the wayside. Yeah. You know, that there's no better secession plan than to operate dirty. Yeah. It, it never wins forever. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where the feedback you just gave is, is probably what I hear the most is that three to four week. That three yeah. to four weeks is a nice sweet spot. It gives you time to order something, know it's coming in, schedule it, and make sure the site's ready, whether it's residential or commercial. Um, and that's that's what's really good is is we're getting we're getting closer to that. Yeah. And as I said before, the days of us being able to get stuff in last minute and have it right in time when we're producing the door and all that stuff and things moving seamless is over. I don't even think that was needed. Yeah, you know, automotive manufacturers oh, are discussing really. Minimum inventory, or order your car. New world. Yeah, New, we're, we're going to have enough inventory for you to drive it, look at it. They're even going to virtual test drives now. That's right. And you get to, like, the experience is you get to stand in front of a computer and build your own car. That's right. That's right. It's it's a it's a new dawn, new era for, yeah. for purchase like that. And it's going to come full circle, and it'll hit different things. And um, It's not really a bad thing. No, I don't think so. At all. And, you know, for us... And I think I've said to you before, we make things totally different than any other manufacturer. We don't make 
you know, a couple million linear footage on Mondays of white and a different right. color on this day. Everything we do is made to order on that day. So if a door dealer gets a delivery on Wednesday, um, all their stuff is completed on Monday or Tuesday and put in the truck and then delivered to them, wow. depending on, how, on the distance. So when you open up the truck uh, for a Haas truck, you're the second group to touch it. That's it. That's we, cool. just, we just made it. That's why we're pretty consistent with our load dates because our load date is our production date. We can't fudge that. You can't, and you can't fake it either. I mean, that's yeah. the one thing. We say it's production because we're not going to send everybody home. <laughs> yeah. We can't do that. We got to make sure that our production date is real yeah. and that we stick to it. So that means that our load date is real and we stick to it. Yeah. And that's all we can try and do is be consistent for our customers and for the industry is, is you know, say, hey, um, this is what we're doing. And, and we're not trying to no, lie. Now you're just lie, pissing me off. Yeah. All right, Paul McManus, everyone. <laughs> thank you for coming into the podcast studio. I'm getting H- irritated because I'm not getting that same treatment from everybody, but it's okay. <laughs> Um, listen, you're like the, you're like the girlfriend that I always wanted. I couldn't have, I feel like you enjoy it too much, but it's okay. Um, guys, listen, if you, uh, if you have not subscribed to uh, our podcast, make sure you do so check us out on Facebook and then, um, go to garagedoorU.com, learn more information about our, uh, GDU summit in Dallas, December 4th through the 7th. If you want to race cars and do some cool crap that we're going to be doing, make sure you sign up for that. We've made the price to where you're not paying for the speakers and the um, the event. You're just paying for the hotel, the food, and um, the party and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to have fun with it. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Paul, anything you want to say? I would just like to say, uh, because as we see it on social media and see it a lot and from yourself as well, um, you know, picking each other up in the industry. Yeah. I love are picking each other up yeah and that's what i'm all about you know i I know there's some you know you can monetize a lot of different things i love when people hit me up and just you know in the dm and just say hey we talk and i don't know anything about them they know nothing about me and i do the same thing people have posted stuff hey you know someone know a coach or something and you know where i can hire somebody i've dm people and said bro ryan lucia did you know i'm doing this now no dude i'm doing sales training flying all over the country I'm doing leadership training, culture training, um, all that stuff. So you can refer me now. <laughs> I haven't really promoted it at all. It well, actually just came to me. And that's so. where, I mean, not enough. So I, I love to help out. And, you know, I, I know, yes, there's there's a way to do that and, and monetize it and make it special and, and more complete. Um, I love doing everything for free and helping out wherever I can. Yeah, well, you know, you're an asset like, to the industry. Well, I, like I said, I got more years behind me than in front of me, so I'm willing to You're a to pillar. I'm That's what we call old coach. people who do a good job <laughs> in the industry. I'll pillar you outside, brother. <laughs> 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 All right, y'all. Listen, this has been a fun podcast. We'll have to start bringing you into your, like, once a quarter or whatever. I'd be happy to, man. Tamara's missed out. She's usually my co-host, so she's going to be a little upset, but we got pancake in here, so uh, we're good. All right, guys, thank you for following the Torch Talk podcast. Thank you, Paul, for coming in. Flew all the way down here just to see me. Be in person, brother. Freaking great. I love it. That's such a lie. And I'm going to get the information out of him off air uh, that he dropped the nugget on. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. Be safe.